This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Well, this is always one of those episodes that you never anticipate having to do. But we are coming to you on the Sooner Sports Podcast, brought to you in part by the good folks at the Riverwind Resort, the place to be in all state. Toby Rowland, I'm Chris Plank. This is the game plan. This is where we look ahead on the week that is to come, and we look back on a tough loss to Houston. Toby, I know that you've done radio shows. I know as you we play tape, like a funeral dirge when we come <laughs> on the air, or anything. <laughs> like some real quiet music or something. <laughs> like a somber mood to the podcast. You're isn't? getting ready to. You've already done what two radio shows? We just taped a TV show. You've got uh, the huddle that you're getting yeah. ready to do. Big with, night at Rudy's tonight. Yeah, with uh, the uh, former Sooners Ryan Broyles and Ty Darlington in the Coach Stoops show. But what's kind of been uh, your thoughts now as we've had what 72 hours to let this digest in a bit? You know, speaking of that, uh, Ty Darlington texted me this afternoon <laughs> and said uh, something to the effect of, "This isn't a, uh, this isn't a lot of fun." He was fielding questions from yeah. Sooner fans about what went wrong. <laughs> you tagged him in on something, and now <laughs> yes, he, exactly he realizes right. the fun of social media. <laughs> and, That's what happened. And uh, yeah, he was like, "This is why I always avoided Twitter when I was a player." <laughs> it was just a, a wise move. Um, what was the question? I forgot. Oh yeah, seventy-two hours now. What's uh? <laughs> it's been a long seventy-two hours. Well, and and usually this this podcast drops on Tuesday, right? But we push it back a day because of the vacation. So oh, I mean, it's not like we took the day off. We still had the Bob Stoops press conference that we both were a part of. But what's kind of been now the uh, the fallout? Your thoughts over the last well, couple of days? I, they didn't play very well, and Houston's good. I, I think Houston. I don't know how good Houston is, right? But I think they're. I think they're good. Um, potentially good enough to push for a playoff spot this year. Yes, I, potentially, absolutely. they've got a legit quarterback. They've got a uh, a legit defensive line or front seven, and um, you know, in the schedule they play from here on out, Louisville's going to be tough. Lamar Jackson's the real deal for uh, Louisville. It looks like, but um, th- they could push for a spot. So. Houston's good, and you feel like you got to say that up front. Take nothing away from Houston, but Oklahoma didn't play very well. Um, first couple of drives were great on offense, and then I thought there was some questionable decision making going forward, especially from Baker. And we don't. <laughs> it's funny because I think it could have been Baker's worst game in an OU uniform. One of them for sure, and he threw for three hundred twenty-three yards. <laughs> Two intercept, or two touchdowns, no interceptions, and completed his first eleven passes. That's how good Baker Mayfield is. Our expectations for him are so high that when he has a game with those stats, you can still come out of it and say he had some questionable decision making. But I think he did. You know, Bob talked about in his press conference the pitch that he should have made that that would have been maybe Big a play. touchdown. Big play. Uh, several times where it looks like he held onto it too long when he could have checked down and taken the open receiver and maybe move the chains and instead was looking for the big play to come open. Um, he just looked a little out of sorts to me all day. Like he was trying to force it. He, he was quick. You know, he, he, was, um, he was ahead of himself a little bit and didn't look settled, relaxed, and in command of that football game like we have seen so many times. 
I think back to the fourth quarter against Tennessee a year ago when they were down, and something came over him to where it just seemed like I am the dominant figure of this game and I'm going to will my team to a victory. And even though he made some scrambling plays and stuff, you felt like he was in command of everything. Saturday, he seemed a little rushed, a little hurried, a little bothered by something. And so um, I'm not worried about him long term, but I think that's part of what happened. You know, the defense couldn't get off the field on third down. That was a was a big deal. Credit Ward from continuing to make plays. But when they've got third and eight, third and 12, third and 14, you got to get the ball back. And, um, you know, that, that was a, obviously the kick six is an odd play. Oh, you lost by 10, and that was a 10-point swing on that one play. If they make the field goal, they go up one, it's returned for a touchdown, and they go down nine. So you don't win many games when somebody returns one 109 yards on you on a, on a field goal I think try, the last so. two games where they've there's been a kick six, the team that lost was a team that – I'm really reaching for stats here now. Alabama? <laughs> Alabama and Oklahoma. There you go. Yeah. You know, Ted brought up a really good point. He goes, you know, as soon as that ball goes up, you're supposed to <coughs> excuse me. prepare yourself as if it could be returned – but I've seen this brought up. I I got. I want to make sure I give credit. I think Garen even used this term, Garen Emick from the Tulsa World. You're not conditioned in that setting as as someone who's blocking to protect their kicker or who's holding to make sure the ball is perfect. Your body, your mind is not conditioned to oh, be in kick return mode. You I don't know? blame anybody on that play. No, that's to a, be that's, honest that's with you, it's a freak play. I, I I mean, if there's any blame to be assigned, it, it is whatever caused Austin Seibert to double clutch. Yep, the little hiccup. That's the why he left it short. But the reality of the situation is this, and I talked about this on the radio show this morning. Let's say, for example, you put seven offensive linemen, Austin Seibert, Connor McGinnis, the holder, and Mark Andrews and uh, Connor, uh, 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 Carson Meyer, those were the two wing guys, okay? You put them all right now at the 40-yard line, uncovered, with no defense in front of them at all, and you give the ball to Joe Mixon in the end zone and say, all right, boys, try to tackle him. I don't think that collection of guys is tackling Joe Mixon. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a great analogy. And – and and so I don't blame those. I, I, they probably should have been more aware that the catch was made and whatever, but that is not a unit that is designed to try to tackle guys who run 4-4 in the open field with a head of steam. Yep. And I don't blame them for going for the field goal because we know Austin Seibert has plenty of leg, and it would have put him ahead had he made it. So I, it's an odd play, and it's easy to throw blame. If there is any blame there, it is, it is whatever – caused him to double clutch on that kick. I loved uh, that, that he came right out afterwards and talked about it. In, in our post-game Seibert. show, yeah, we yeah. talked to Austin Seibert. And he said, you know, i got to go back and look at the film. He goes, I don't know what happened. He goes, I don't know if it was something that maybe I saw with the snap or something with the hold or whatever it was. He goes, I need to go back and, and look at that. So it'll be um, – it's now – here's the thing, though. We're, it's Tuesday. As we tape this, and, and most of you are hearing this on Wednesday or Thursday morning, whenever you download it at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. But it's it's one of those now he's already forgotten about it. You would hope this team has washed it out. I mean, we, in taping our TV show, we were asked to kind of give two takeaways, and what was yours? You know, move on. You know, it's 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 deal time. with it. Deal yeah. with it. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's time to kind of move on and and mentally prepare yourself for Louisiana Monroe, and then you got another monster tilt coming up on September seventeenth. Bob always says, or maybe it's Merv, 
that it is easier to be a player or a coach coming off a loss than it is to be a fan. Because you can do something about it. Right. You know, you can get back out there on Sunday. You can get into the film on the airplane home. You can go practice. You can cut yourself off from the world if you want to get into that film room and do something about it. And if you're a if you're a fan, all you can do is turn on sports radio and wallow around in it for about right. seven days. Right. It's tough. I don't think maybe um, – when you're in the middle of the hurricane, I, the closest example I've come up with is uh, I've had the great opportunity to travel with the men's basketball team in recent years to the NCAA tournament. And when you go on the road, this year was a little different because I was at home, but when you go on the road for that opening weekend of the NCAA tournament, I've only experienced it like all of you have, which is at home with a bag of potato chips, <laughs> watching from 11 in the morning till 1 at night, and it's the greatest whatever. Best, best four it's days. unbelievably yep. awesome. When you're with a team, you know, let's say you play Friday. Well, Thursday you're going to do practices and press conferences and preparing for the game, and you kind of catch a game here or there or a score. Then Friday it's game day, and you're into preparations. You play your game. You miss all the other games that are going on your your game. Then you've got a post-game wrap and duty, and quickly you got to start preparing for the next game. So Saturday's around, more press conferences, more practices, more preparation for the radio crew. Sunday you play again. When it's all over, you come home on Monday and you go, all right, what else happened? Because I have no idea <laughs> anything else that happened in the NCAA tournament other than where I was. And while everybody else in the world is talking about everything that's happened. It's a little bit like that, I think, for a football team in that uh, you get home and boom, film practice, uh, meetings, session, get ready for it. The rest of us are going nuts. But, uh, you know, talking about what happened, what should have happened, all that kind of stuff. But those guys are huddled in a room trying to get ready for Louisiana Monroe and ultimately Ohio State, and it's it's uh, just a different vibe. I'll add this, too. I heard a really good analogy, and, and I hate – you brought up basketball. I'll bring up the NBA. When, uh, when Oklahoma City rallied from 3-1 down to beat San Antonio – was it 3-1 or was it 2-1? I think it was 2-1, wasn't it, with San Antonio for Oklahoma City? Anyway, regardless. A few years back? This this last year. Oh. This is, Was it 2-1? I well, they, was, they got smoked was, in game one. Yeah, yeah. Was kind of the point that was right. brought up. And uh, Bruce Bowen said sometimes, sometimes when you get beat is when suddenly the coach gets your attention yeah, the most. That's true. And I, I, I can't help but hope and think that a loss like this by Oklahoma – is one that grabs everyone's attention. That might and not th- th- again. This isn't to say anyone was off doing their own thing. And basketball stuff. Your your, your comparison was great because it's talking about the mindset. Mine not so much because it's more just no. I think you're right. The, the focus. Maybe it gets a few guys that you know didn't get it. Now they get it. They didn't understand what needed to go into it. There was a lot of players on that defense outside of Jordan Evans, Matt Diamond. I'm thinking about the, the you, you played three D linemen the whole game. Uh, Romar and Jordan Wade, a lot of those guys hadn't played very much mm-hmm. in the linebacking and that came into the defensive line. Secondary is pretty set. But you had a lot of guys that that was really their first taste of every down football, and you hope that now this is something to where it helps mesh them together. Well, Same thing on, on offense, too, with the receivers. It either fortifies you and makes you stronger yep. or it tears you apart. And we have seen both. We've yeah. seen, we've seen uh, teams lose a season opener around here and go on to have bad seasons. We've seen teams like last year's team lost to Texas and came together like never before and had an incredible run 
to close that season. And I think that depends on the makeup of the leaders on your football team because the coaches are the same. You know, year in, year out, for the most part, Bob's going to go about trying to get his team to bounce back from a loss the same way in Lincoln. And so I think, you know, last year they had amazing leadership with Eric Stryker and with ba- with Baker Mayfield and on down the line. Baker's still there, but who on the defensive side of the ball? I don't think it's any different than in a family. You know, if, if a family goes through a difficult time, the loss of a job or something like that, it either makes you stronger or it tears you guys apart. And this this is a family unit. And so – um. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what happens because obviously the next few weeks are incredibly difficult. Yeah. So we will. They'll either be two and three, or one and four, and looking at a long, disappointing season, or they'll be four and one, and we're going. Whew, wow! These guys are legit, and thank goodness the Houston game happened because it it focused Brought them, them together. up and it got them the Ohio State win. I, I want to believe the latter. So I think in looking back. It's depressing to believe the former. So you, <laughs> might as well, you might as well believe the latter, right? I, I agree. But it's been kind of wild around campus as we look ahead to Louisiana Monroe this week because it hasn't really so much been about the game but the stadium. And as we sat here, we just taped TV, and there was there's guys working there. There was uh, one of the workers that just came through here that was trying to be quiet. Everyone's. Everyone's really grinding right now, Toby, to make sure that this stadium is where it needs to be to be ready for game day. And I'll just say, for, for fans, I think they're in for a treat on Saturday with just the stadium itself. You know what just dawned on me? We totally blew out a segment in that show. We were supposed to talk about what we're looking forward to in the stadium. That's right, because you started talking about Louisiana Monroe. That just dawned on me. And, we totally skipped it. And you're sitting it. there and you go, Louisiana Monroe, and I'm like, oh, I haven't done all my homework yet. <laughs> But I've got enough to where I can fake it through this segment. Okay, so what are you looking forward to the most in on Saturday? I can't wait. I uh, <laughs> I just got the scene setter back before I got here from Jeff City. And it was one of the easiest ones for me to write because I'm so excited about this game. And I think it's going to be emotional in a lot of ways. Um, I don't want to get sappy about it. No, I do. But I think that um, – you know, the stadium looks great. The scoreboard is going to look great and sound great. But in many ways, just there's something about completing that thing. And, the you know, I kind of called it the unbroken circle now of OU football that is – it's special. It's really cool. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to – I guess if I had to pick one thing, aesthetically it looks beautiful. I can't wait to see the impact on that video board because it's bigger and it's brighter but the sound and I haven't really got to listen to it much Me I've neither. just been hearing you and Brandon Meyer talk about it and stuff I've heard it from miles away <laughs> but sitting in that stadium that's been an issue for for a lot of years now is the audio in the stadium hasn't been great and now I think it's going to be maybe the best in the country they've been testing non-stop man and so just that whole video audio experience uh and and teamed with the amazing creativity of the Sooner Vision people, I think is going to create, if it wasn't already, I think it will undoubtedly be now the best in-stadium audio-visual experience in the country. And and maybe that includes professional sports, but certainly at the college level, I don't think anybody can match what you're going to get at an OU football game. I'll, you know, it's... It, I've learned so much because I've done two podcasts with Brandon, and we ended up sitting and talking for about 45 minutes about it. 
just how important it was for him to get that audio right. I mean, and, and again, from my I wear I wear headphones most of the game. <laughs> I got my earbuds in. I'm listening to you. We're communicating. So it's never really anything that resonated with me too much. When I do my mid first scoreboard update, I've got a headphone on. I can't hear anything, you know. But from from that perspective, I'm excited because Brandon even said it. It's like if there was one era where I didn't think we were championship quality, it's the audio that fans get inside the stadium. And from everything I've seen, it's going to be incredible. I put a picture out on Twitter a while back of the scoreboard, and someone, because it's Twitter, so what happens? You put something out there, so someone's got to complain, right? So someone says, I got to admit, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed by it. And I'm like, okay, first of all, a picture from my iPhone is not going to do it justice. And if you've looked at any picture and you're like, well, that doesn't look all that great, when you get in the stadium yeah. and you sit there, I was it's I, awesome. It's all I had seen it from the press box. I went down a couple of weeks ago. We had a friend in town, and one of the gates happened to be open, so we walked in, and I just stood in a concourse. It's it's a jaw dropping man. And so in that, I can't wait to see the reaction from everyone when they see the big screen. I can't wait to the the, the sound quality is going to be incredible. But, but but Tony, when I say sound quality too, I think the surround, the sound that's going to be there right. that makes on it tough field. on the opponents on the field which is something I've never really been a great we judge We don't know of, that. Acoustically, we'll we don't know yep. until you get – you can test that video board all you want, but there's no way to get 85,000 people to come sit in there and scream. <laughs> and so until <laughs> until Saturday night, and to be honest with you, maybe not until a week from Saturday right. when Ohio State comes in, are we going to really know acoustically um, how big of an advantage or how big of a step up it takes by bowling this thing in? You ready for the coaches show? You ready for the huddle? Not yet, <laughs> but I will be. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday then. How does that, how does that sound? That sounds good. All thanks right. for letting me hang out with hey, you. Hey, and thanks to everyone for subscribing. Uh, great to see everyone that listened last week. We'll do Are this. Are people listening? Is this yeah, thing working? Yeah, I, I guess it's working this okay. This thing is working? Hey, I, I want to mention this. If you haven't subscribed yet, and it, I, I highly suggest you do, or, or maybe you subscribe to the old, old Sooner Sports Podcast. We had – I don't even want to get – I can get Toy Kukowski on here. We can do an hour on all the different things we tried to do to ensure it would update. But something happened with our provider, and there was a glitch. So if you, you delete your subscription to the Sooner Sports Podcast and you search Sooner Radio Network right. on iTunes, boom, here we are. It's free. It's free. And all that does by subscribing is it automatically Updates, blings it to your right. phone whenever a new one drops. Three a week. You get the Monday morning refresher, which is out there from Monday. You get our sh this show, the the what do we call it? the game plan. You get the tailgate on Thursday, and as I found out, you also you get the scene setter delivered right to your phone. Oh, is that right? I don't know how that happened, but how about uh, that? we'll continue to do it. So thanks, Toby. We'll talk to you later this you week. Bet. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.